Robinson was silent for a long moment. He appreciated the frankness of the emperor's words, knew he spoke the truth, could not shake thoughts of the dire risks of staying, had considered leaving. He thought of home, of his parents he had seen so seldom since leaving college, thought of the flying school in Chicago that he had left behind, and the good times, the parties, the women, all the things he had taken for granted that had made his life pleasant, even fun. Does anyone back home really need me in the way these people need me? Here, I command an air corps, a small one that probably can't last long, but for now it's mine. Hell, some white folks at airfields back home won't even sell me gasoline. It's for damn sure they won't make me a colonel. Your Majesty, John finally smoked. I will stand by the offer I accepted. I don't know how long I can keep the Imperial Air Corps in the air, but I will do my best. Holly Selassie nodded his head. John bowed and walked toward the door. Colonel Robinson, the Emperor asked. John turned. Yes, Your Majesty. If you stay, you will be entrusted with great responsibility. John answered, I am staying, Your Majesty. The Emperor replied, One last thing before you return to your duties. I know you have asked for faster planes. I have been informed that in the event of war, the League of Nations intends to declare an embargo of war material against our nation and Italy. It will hardly make a difference to Italy, but we will greatly suffer from such an embargo. We ordered new fighter planes, but I have been informed England and France canceled the orders. If I can't obtain military aircraft, perhaps you know of a civilian plane that might suit our purpose. It may just be possible for us to get such a machine. John thought a moment. Your Majesty, there is a small American firm, Beechcraft, that has just introduced a new, fast cabin model. They call it a stagger wing. I believe if we can get one or two with the largest engine option, it would make a good courier plane better and faster than anything we have now. The emperor nodded, and Robinson took his leave. When John returned to Akaki Airfield, just southwest of the capital, he didn't have to call together his pilots and ground crew. They were waiting for him, waiting for the news he carried. He stood silent a moment, looking at the faces gathered around him. French pilots André Mele, Paul Corriger, Gaston Vettel, and Comte Schatzberg, French mechanic Dumois, Ethiopian pilots Mishka Babichev, whose father was Russian, Baru Kaba, Asfal Ali, and Tesfe, and German pilot Baron H. H. von Engel. Language was just one more problem John had to face. He had learned a little French and less Amharic, but only a few phrases in each. He had arranged for an interpreter to be at the airfield at all times, to man the telephone and the one radio they had, the one duty to translate his words into Amharic for those who did not understand English. Paul Corriger did the same for Mele and Demois, who were not proficient in English. John didn't waste words. We're at war, he told them. The Italians are attacking from Eritrea. They may be attacking from Italian Somaliland to the south as well. When Mulu Asha returns, we will know what's happening there. Now, y'all listen good. I've done no fighting in the sky, but what I am telling you 
is what I have been taught by someone who has. He said the plane you don't see is the one gonna kill you. We got no guns. They do. Our planes are slower than theirs. You see a dot in the sky, or even think you do. Run. It'll be an enemy plane. Any of them can kill you.